God created the world free from sin and from evil. The Lord God planted a garden east in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden. In this earth home of man there was naught to mar his happiness, to disturb his peace or detract from his full enjoyment of life. The Spirit of God brooded over all and impregnated every breath of air with his own life-giving, life-perpetuating and health-inspiring tonic. Sickness did not enter nor death spread its dark pall over this paradise of God, but perennial youth, drinking fresh vigor from life-giving fountains and inhaling exhilarating breezes from the throne of God was the heritage of every living creature. With God's Spirit brooding over all and pervading every breeze, no fierce passions raged, no venomous serpent hissed, no beasts of prey prowled through this garden of love, no pitiless storms beat, no fierce tornadoes desolated this joyous and peaceful abode. To man, a prince of his realm, bearing his own image, God entrusted this fair dominion as a home and a possession, to be ruled in the interest and for the honor and glory of God. To promote the honor of God, the ruler, was to increase the good and glory of the whole universe and of every being in this universe. In this beautiful home, man knew no toil, no weariness, no care, no anxiety, no pain, no sickness, no sorrow. In this home, no envious spirits, no evil desires dwelled, no wicked passions raged in human hearts. This earth of ours was the outer court of the heaven of heavens, the home of God, the Father of the universe. God had entrusted this world with the power and the glory of it to man as his servant. Man betrayed the trust, rejected the rule of God, and transformed his allegiance and the allegiance of the world from the God of heaven to the devil. Hence the devil said, It has been delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will I give it. The result of this treason and transfer was God ceased to be the ruler and the devil became the God of this world. The Spirit of God refused to dwell in the defiled temple on the polluted earth and withdrew in grief to the home of God in heaven. The devil, as the prince of this world, infused his subtle spirit and the poison of death into the fountains of waters and into every breeze that floated over land and sea. This earth was changed from a nursery of life and joy into a charnel house of death and sorrow, a whited sepulchre without within full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Briars, thistles, and thorns grew spontaneously from this garden of God. The paradise of God became a dried and parched waste, a desert of noxious weeds. Toil, pain, sickness, anxiety, care, sorrow, mortality, and death became the heritage of humanity. By this treason of man the evil one became the ruler, the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, showing that the evil spirit took up his abode in and so tainted the air we breathe that the spirit of rebellion and the poison of death are inhaled with every breath we draw.
Man was separated from God, became carnal, sold under sin. He found another law in his members warring against the law of his mind and bringing him into captivity to the law of sin which is in his members. Man was helpless under this bondage to sin and sank downward to continually deeper depths of woe. Mental decay and inactivity quickly followed spiritual stupor. With spiritual and mental torpor came the degrading role of unbridled lust and passion. Paul drew a fearful picture of the depths of degradation to which man, bearing the image of God, descended, under this transfer of allegiance from God to the evil one. Because that knowing God they glorified him not as God, neither gave thanks, but became vain in their reasonings, and their senseless, insensate heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God for the likeness of an image of corruptible man, and of birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God gave them up, in the lusts of their hearts unto uncleanness, that their body should be dishonored among themselves. For that they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed for ever." Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile passions. For their women changed the natural use unto that which is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working unseemliness, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was due. And even as they refused to have God in their knowledge, God gave them up unto a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, hateful to God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant-breakers, without natural affection, unmerciful, who, knowing the ordinance of God, that they which practice such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but also consent with them that practice them. Romans 1, verses 21 through 32. This is given as the result of man's transfer of his allegiance from God to the devil. With this torpor of the soul and stupor of the mind and reign of lust, the body is enfeebled, diseases prey upon the body, and plagues and pestilences swept the human family from the earth. War with its desolation and bloodshed and bitter cruelty was the normal condition of humanity thus distorted and perverted by the spirit of the devil. With this degradation of man the entire under-creation subject to his rule sympathized. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. And the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain until now. The earth shared the curse of this rule of the devil. It became barren and desolate, producing only briars, thistles, thorns, and noxious weeds, and became a hold for unclean beasts and foul birds. It is a slander upon Almighty God to say His rule and dominion of the world brought this condition of affairs. The devil's rule and dominion brought these terrible evils to man and to all that is subject to him. 
to deliver the world from the rule of the devil and from this terrible condition produced by his rule was the end and purpose of the mission of Christ Jesus into this earth. If the world is not under the rule and dominion of the devil, the mission of Christ is meaningless. He came to rescue and redeem the world and to destroy the devil and all his works. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Hebrews 2, verse 14. The point fully and clearly developed in this is that Christ Jesus recognized the kingdoms of this earth and the glory of them as belonging to the devil. The earth had been delivered unto him as ruler and prince, and all these institutions, kingdoms, governments, had grown up under his rule and authority, and they constitute the institutions and organizations through which he has governed man and the world, and in which he rewards his servants. The devil is the prince of the world. Now is the judgment of this world, now shall the prince of this world be cast out. John 12, verse 31. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. John 14, verse 30. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. John 16, verse 11. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Ephesians 2, verse 2. He is the prince of the world because they have been delivered into his hands, and he has builded up the kingdoms of the world that he may rule through them. Christ, having resisted successfully these tempting offers of the devil, and having shown his true loyalty to God, the angels of God came and ministered unto him. He then lays down the principles that must govern his kingdom. They are epitomized in the 5th, 6th, and 7th chapters of Matthew. These principles are diverse from and antagonistic to the principles that have obtained and must ever obtain in all human governments. No human government can possibly be maintained and conducted on these principles laid down for the government of Christ's subjects in his kingdom. The spirit that prompts the practice of the principles is opposed to the spirit needful for the maintenance of human governments. The two spirits cannot dwell in the same heart, nor the same temple or institution. A man cannot be gentle, forgiving, doing good for evil, turning the other cheek when one is smitten, praying for them that despitefully use and persecute him, and at the same time execute wrath and vengeance on the evildoer as the human government is ordained to do, and as it must do to sustain its authority and maintain its existence. In recognition of this antagonism, Christ, in giving the platform of principle, says in Matthew 6, verse 21, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon, as the God of this world, rules in the kingdoms of the world. God can be served only in the kingdom which the God of heaven shall set up. The God of this world is served in the kingdoms of this world. Christ plainly declares a man cannot serve in both. He concludes this platform of principles by the warning, 
He who hears these sayings of mine and does them shall be likened unto a wise man who built his house upon the rock. It shall stand forever. He who hears these sayings and does them not builds on the sand to be overwhelmed in destruction. This carries the idea that the institutions ordained of God will stand forever. Those not founded in His word, hence of human origin, must be destroyed and will engulf in the same destruction those who serve in them.